I'm going to pick up the reading here in Colossians chapter 3 and uh, verse 1 first. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Now, I noticed this this morning. Some of you may have already noticed this, but he says, Set. Set your affection on things above. That means you have to make a conscious effort to do it. Yeah. Set it. Just like if I, if I took this and, and set it up here, I had, I had to make a conscious effort to do that. You have to, you have to consciously set your affection on things above. Why? It's easy to get involved in what he had been talking about in chapter 1, verse 20, the rudiments of the world, and, uh, and, and all this touch not, taste not, handle not, and all these things he had been talking about. You have to set your, things, uh, uh, your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you're dead. Look, this, this body is going to the, to the grave, to going to the worms. And, and look, it's, it's not good for nothing other than just to uh, serve God in and to yield these members as instruments of righteousness and yield to the Holy Spirit. But anything you do serving this, this body is serving a dead corpse. You're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now... We'll take and uh, turn to Second uh, <clears throat> Timothy, and I'm gonna read uh, verse number um, seven. It says, "Oh, well, that's First Timothy." Uh, it says, "For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind." Amen. I love that verse. My friend, uh, brother Russell's visiting with us today. If you would uh, lead us in prayer, please. Heavenly Father. Yes. Lord, thank you for these people. Thank you for the time of testimony. Thank you for the poem. Thank you about judgment. Yes. Thank you for these people getting gathered here just to hear about you, Lord. Amen. I sure am thankful that I know that I'm saved. Amen. Lord, I sure am thankful. Yes. I have the ability to be in a church, dear Lord. Thank you, Lord. Like-minded people. Yes. Lord, I'd ask you this morning that you would incline your ear. To these people's prayer, and I pray that you'd be on uh, Brother Chase, God. I pray that you'd touch him. I pray that you'd breathe on him. Mm -hmm. Help him. us, please. Help the us. things that he studied, I pray that you'd bring things to his remembrance, Lord. Help us. God, and I pray that you'd help him with his delivery and his message. But Lord, Amen. It'd, be, uh, it'd be in vain if you didn't do something with it, Lord. Yes, we God, need you. I pray you. that you'd open up my ears and my heart, as well as these people, to the truth and the light that's being given here, Lord. God, and I pray that you'd be edified and magnified through it. Amen. Lord, this uh, service is over. It sure would be good to see you. Yes. It sure would be good just to go home, Lord. Amen. Yeah, about a prayer list That's right. Lord, if not, I pray that you'd give us some strength to do something for you. God, and I pray that you'd be pleased with the things that are said and done now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Um, I've been thinking about uh, doing a series on uh, hell and of heaven. We talked a little bit about hell last week, and uh, I had been going over some verses about uh, heaven. And man, I had about 30 verses uh, set up, and I was wanting to bring my board out here and preach on these things. And then when I started uh, going through 2 Timothy and cross-referencing, and, and, and I looked at those verses on heavenly affections. I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet, but I've got to set my affection on the right thing before I get there. And so uh, when I got to looking at these verses here, I, I, there's a correlation between 2 Timothy 
and Colossians. Both of them have a lot to do with uh, uh, last uh, last days of the church age. Uh, the, the Laodicea is mentioned uh, five times in the book of Colossians. And here's Paul uh, giving his last uh, discourse here. And if you want to go through and study last discourses, you can study Moses' last discourse. You can study the Lord Jesus Christ's last discourse. You can study uh, Paul's last discourse. And the last words that men say, women say before they die are very important. So much so, I'm told that the last words are admissible in court. Uh, so the, these here, these here are, are Paul's, the Apostle Paul's last words. They're very important. He's given admonition. This is an old preacher giving a, a, a young preacher advice on, on how to live in a, in a hard time. So uh, I, I think about this here. Why, why would he say, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear? Well, he had just told him in verse number six, wherefore I put thee in remembrance. So sometimes you got to, he knew it, but sometimes you, you, even though you know things, you have to be put in remembrance. He says that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now, Paul was an apostle. He's able to put his hands on uh, Timothy and bless him. And, and uh, he's told him, you know, I need to, to remind you to stir yourself up. Now, any of y'all who've stirred up tea or you've cooked very much, you know you have to stir up ingredients for them to do anything. I told y'all about the time that uh, Carla had me making sweet tea. I put the sugar in, but I forgot to stir it. And she took one sip and she knew I did not stir that sugar into that. He said, you got to stay stirred up. But what was keeping uh, Timothy from being stirred up? What? The, the spirit of fear had gotten into him. Spirit of fear. Uh, you know what we have to be concerned about in the last days of church age? Is the spirit of fear. Not having your affections right. You know what fear is? Fear is an emotion. So you know what, you know what people are doing? <clears throat> They're putting their emotions above the Bible. You're putting your emotions above God. That's why, that's why you're not thinking about heavenly things in the long look. We're so, as a society, just so familiar with earthly things instead of heavenly things. And you know what? It's a danger. It will put you in a spirit of fear. Now, if you'll notice in your Bible, um, that, that the spirit there starts off with a lowercase s. That means uh, that's not uh, the Holy Spirit. That 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 is that that's state. That's a state of mind. Now I want to read a verse to you out of Proverbs twenty-five. You don't have to turn there. Uh, verse twenty-eight said, "He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls." Now, if you've got a city broken down, no walls around it. Anything can get in. Anybody who wants to gets in. So if you don't rule your spirit by the Holy Spirit. Your own human spirit that you have will take, take its own self into a spirit of bondage. Romans 8.15 said you have not received the spirit of bondage, but the spirit of adoption. Right. Now, adopted child don't have anything to worry about. Now, here we are, we, get, we put our own self in bondage by fearing anything and everything that's earthly. When you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. So we're going to talk about such things uh, as fear. Now, I read a story about a little boy named Nelson. And, and young Nelson was out on a, on a bird nesting adventure, he called it. And he stayed out on in the way past dark. And he got in and his, he was staying with his aunt. And his aunt said, I can't believe that fear didn't make you come in earlier in this. And he said, fear? I don't know fear. I don't know him. Who is that? 
Now you think about a Christian. A Christian doesn't have to fear what the world fears. Well, we fear God. The Bible said, uh, they, you know, talking about, uh, the, you know, the Lord said, there's no fear of God before their faces. You know what the Bible talks about in, in the uh, tribulation? It's going to, fear is going to get worse and worse. The Bible says men's hearts failing them for fear of what's coming on to the earth. They, they're completely given over to earthly uh, things. So you know what's going on with Christians today? Uh, fear. They're just fearing everything other than, uh, other than what they're supposed to fear. So Paul is telling him, in light of all these things that's taking place, you need to have the spirit of, uh, not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So why do they say power and love of a sound mind? You know, you can have love and do all kinds of things in love, but if you don't have power, you're not going to get much done. You can have power... But if you don't have love, the power won't be balanced out and you'll do a whole bunch of things with the wrong motive. But the sound mind has to govern the power and the love. So you, you guess what you have? You may have power, you may have love, or you may have both. But you want a sound mind that's not governed by emotions. And that sound mind will give you the ability to balance out your power with your love and do something for God, Timothy. See what he's saying? So in light of all these things, we're going to see some things that were going on that, that Paul was saying, Timothy, you're going to see these things happen. Don't let it discourage you. You know what? I, I say this, and some people, are, uh, several people are getting out of the ministry. Y'all, this stuff they don't put in the news, but there are, there are literally preachers getting out of the ministry right now. Just getting out left and right. Why? Because we forget to read these epistles and stir up our minds by way of remembrance. We, we, you got to constantly remind yourself, remind yourself, remind yourself. Why? Because if not, these things that we're going to outline right here in this uh, little book don't take long to read, but it's, it's, it's packed with all kind of things, I believe it'll help you, that Paul was warning Timothy about. You know what he's saying? Hey, I'm warning you, this is going to happen. Don't let it discourage you. Just stay stirred up. I hope this will stir you up a little bit. Uh, number one, people were turning from right division. In verse number 15, he said of chapter 1, This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. Now, if you read the book of Acts, you know Asia at first started off uh, believing Paul. He said, be turned away from me, of whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. Now, here they are, they're turning away from Paul, and Paul's teaching right doctrine. So you know what? Paul's saying, these two men, he named them by name so they would know who to stay away from. That's why there's nothing wrong with naming names. I'm not going to get out here in my congregation and name y'all's name. But if there's some false teachers I know that's teaching y'all wrong things, I'm going to name their names so you'll know who that guy is and know to stay away from his ministry. He named these guys so they would know. And get, but guess what Paul does? Even though people turn away from right division, watch what Paul does. So Paul focused on good Christians. Well, watch this in verse 16. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Anesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. He wasn't ashamed of Paul being in prison. He wasn't ashamed of the apostle Paul. You know what? Some of y'all refreshed me. I've talked to y'all on the phone, and y'all send a text message or something like that, and it's a refresher. Well, we need that for each other. 
So you know what? Instead of Paul, instead of Paul focusing on these two, he just mentioned them and he goes right over there and balances it out by focusing on the folks that's doing right. If you focus on the folks that's doing bad all the time, it's going to drag you down. There's enough folks out there doing bad. There's folks out there doing bad all over the place. He said these two names right here, Phagellus and Hermogeny, you ever notice it's always in pairs. You got Jannies and Jambres to go against Moses and Aaron. You always got the two, see? You, you've, all, you've always got Ahab, I mean, is Ahab and Jezebel? All right, you always got them going against somebody doing right. It, it go, why? Because if you're living for the Lord, you will gravitate to the way, to the direction you're going. But other folks that believe false doctrine and they want to live for the devil, you know what you can find out? You can go to a parking lot and you can find somebody. If you love the Lord, you'll find somebody. If somebody else is there that believes kind of like y'all gravitate toward each other. That's why that old saying there, birds of a feather corrupt together. Why? If you, look, if you get around the wrong crowd, you'll corrupt just like they do. Evil communications corrupt good manners. It don't say good manners make, make evil communications better. Right. It doesn't say that. It says every time the evil communications will make the good ones but worse. They'll corrupt you. So don't get in there with Fagelis and Homogenes, these idiots, and try to think you're going to make them better. It's not going to work. So you know what you do? You focus on the good one. If somebody don't like me, okay, well, they don't like me. I'm going to focus on my church family that does like me. I'm going to pray for them and, and encourage them, lift them up. Why? Because there's enough bad ones anyway. Amen. You let them bad ones drag you down. Guess what, Timothy? He's saying if you let the bad ones drag you down, you'll be down in the ditch with them. Amen. Just because the whole world's going to hell doesn't mean I have to go with them. Just because, well, the church is doing bad as a whole. Okay, well, that means we don't need to go with them. Well, so-and-so's crazy, and they believe this. Okay, you, you are accountable to God for yourself. We can't help it what they do. Paul just focused on the good ones then. I tell you, you focus on that bad all the time, and the bad ones, and this right here don't believe right, and that right there don't believe right. Well, look, then you're going to find out a lot of times you don't believe right. <laughs> Look, just get around the folks and, and just focus on the house of Vanessa Forrest. He said, hey, he refreshed me. Be around some people to refresh you some. Amen. Why, there's plenty out there that doesn't. Now, I notice another thing. Paul focused on good Christians. Paul focused on the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, live your life in light of the judgment seat of Christ and correct a lot of your problems. Look at verse number 18. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. You know what that is? That's the judgment seat of Christ. Turn in your Bible to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to go over this thing about the judgment seat of Christ. You know what? I, I'm not a doctor and I, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit in this. So I, there's a lot of things I can't tell you about sicknesses and diseases and everything else. But you know what I can tell you? I can tell you about that Bible. I, I, can try, I can try to pray that God will get you ready for what's coming in the judgment. People talk about what's coming, what's coming, what's coming. <laughs> That's earthly. That is setting your affections on the earth. It'll get you in a bad attitude before long. You won't want to work. You won't want to get up. You won't want to do anything. You won't want to plan nothing. People have been saying the Lord's, the Lord's coming back and so on and so on. The Lord's coming back. Well, what if all those people said, all right, the Lord's coming back in 1988. I ain't going to write any more books. Yeah. 
I'm not going. I'm not going to uh, pray. I'm not going to study a more sermon because he's about to be here at the end of the year. I'm not even going to worry about it. Well, guess what? Nothing would have got done. Thank God they kept serving. Amen. Man, just keep serving the Lord and live your life in light of the fact one of these days I'm going to the judgment seat of Christ. Now look, your sins were judged at Calvary. None of your sins, according to this Bible, are going to be brought up. But I'll tell you something, your work will. And, and, and I'll tell you, you, go, you look at this thing, Paul said, hey, I know everybody else, Timothy, is focusing on all this other stuff. You better focus on good Christians. You better focus on the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, look at verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Now, now what a statement. We persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. So the context uh, of verses 9, 10, 11 is the judgment seat of Christ. Watch this in verse 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Now you know the book of Ephesians said, salvation-wise, and my standing in Christ is accepted in the beloved. But I'm talking about here, this text teaching you that your works need to be accepted of him. Why? It can be gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, or stubble. Uh, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now watch this. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. Done in his body. Now, what are you doing in your body? You think about that. that look, I, I, won't, I, won't, I read that thing and read, I, I sat there this morning and read this. I'm not, look, I, the, I, the brother Chase can't scare you. You're saved. I, I'm not trying to, but I'm telling you that Bible says, knowing, therefore, he's addressing Christians, the terror, terror of the Lord. Terror of the Lord. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about standing in front of God Almighty? Now look, I'm saved. I am saved. And if you've, if you've trusted Jesus Christ, your sins are washed in the blood. But this is the Apostle Paul saying there's a terror there. Now, what's the terror? Uh, let's look into it just a little bit. I can't say it. I can tell you for sure, but I, we got a good idea. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. For we know confidence... This is confidence knowing this, that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, talking about the body, he's calling the body a house, we have, have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heaven. you got a body waiting for you eternal in the heavens. Amen. For in this we groan, groan like Romans 8, uh, 23 says, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. So he's already said you have a clothing which is a body. That's a clothing. But if so be, uh, if so be that being clothed, being clothed, now get this, we shall not be found naked. He said you can have a clothing, but you, you have a body, but you can be found naked. That's what the text says. Terror of the Lord. You imagine standing up there before the Lord, and I've got verses in Exodus chapter 32 that I don't have time to go into, and uh, talking about how hell and uh, shame and nakedness are connected in the Bible. Hell is connected with shame 
And shame all through the Bible is connected with nakedness. All through the Bible. You know what the Bible says about the Lord Jesus Christ when He died on the cross in the book of Hebrews? It says, despising the shame why? Because he was up there naked. Now, I know on the movies and stuff, they put a cloth on our Lord to kind of, kind of soften it up. But the cross, that's why whenever you wear that cross, you better understand what you're wearing. You're wearing, you're wearing something that, that, that's bloody. You're wearing something that the Lord Jesus Christ had to go up there. And here's the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross with nails in his feet and nails in his hands right here. The wrist is part of the hands. The wrist on uh, Rachel's, uh, he said, she said that she had bracelets on her hands where the bracelet goes on the wrist. So it's, the nail, you just tap right there and see how that feels. Yep. Just tapping on it. He's up there like this, and he's pushing up on that cross, and he goes, <gasps> That's it. <sighs> That's it. Lake of fire suffered your hail on the cross, and he's up there naked, the shame, despising the shame. He goes, he's pushing up with his feet, <gasps> trying to breathe. And people want, I'll tell you something, I thank God for Calvary. Yeah, Paul said people despise the preaching of a cross. Why? Because I probably don't preach it enough. We don't appreciate enough what God done for us. Amen. Now you know what he said? That Savior that suffered your shame of nakedness on the cross took your health for you and you trusted Him. You're going to stand there in a brand new body, clothed in a body one of these days, and he said you could be naked. With the clothes on, but no works of righteousness at all. No gold, no silver, no precious stone, no digging. No digging. Why? It takes work to get dig down. Why? It's all wood, hay, and stubble. It's all surface, and that all burns up. It's all flammable. You burn gold, and it just gets purer. Silver just gets purer. Now, you know what you have there? And precious stones, like an oyster shell, or like a, like a pearl. You know what that comes from? Suffering. Suffering. You know what the trouble is with Christians today? Nobody wants to suffer for Christ anymore. Amen. His shame and reproach gladly bear. I don't think so. What I'm telling you is there's a lot of saved people but not many Christians. That's right. Yeah, that's right. What I'm telling you is when you read this thing right here, I'm trying as a preacher to get your affections not on the earth anymore, but on where you're going. Amen. We're so, we're so self-centered. So self-centered, it's unreal. And he says, he says, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. Not that you're not going to have a body, but clothed upon. He said, I want you to have something when you get there. You know what it is, me as a preacher would tickle you? You get there and you have something to, to lay at the Lord Jesus Christ's feet. Some crowns. Amen. Something you've done for Him. Why? You're going to put yourself down. You're going to put yourself last as far as that. Salvation, yes, thank God for that. But I want you to have something when you get there. That's why we've got to have heavenly affections. Amen. You talk to some people, man. You talk to them about the Lord. Yeah. Almost, I'm not, I'm not trying to, but I know it's kind of funny, but y'all, some people are just like, just, I mean, just about to pass out. And I, I got a, I got a, a friend and I went to college with him. You could talk to him about boxing and man, he'd be over here, you know, oh yeah, hey, he'd get up and you talk to him about the Lord or anything else. He would, man, just about to fall asleep. You know what that is? That's y'all, his affections were on things on the earth. Now let me ask you this: What 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 is your affections on? What 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 thing get what gets you going? What do you like to talk about? 
Now, I'm not saying we have to talk about the Bible. Y'all know anybody that knows me knows I talk about other topics. Nothing wrong with that. But y'all, if God does not interest you, you've got a fellowship problem if you're saved. You, you, God ought to interest you. You ought to have a heavenly affection. Why? I'm telling you, if you don't have a heavenly affection, it's going to affect your zeal. You're not going to be stirred up anymore. Amen. You know, I get, get this Bible and just get stirred up, man. I mean, get to thinking about where we're going, what we're going to do, and all the heavenly jobs out there. And you get to studying that Bible about those the seraphim and cherubim and what's going to be going on out in eternity. I get stirred up. Why? Because I realize this earth is not all. Amen. Anybody that knows uh, very much about uh, time knows that time, time's just flying by. And our, our bodies groan for eternity. Why don't we just get aggravated? You ever been having a good day? And time just start just going. You think, man, every time I'm having fun, I'm doing something fun. Time just cre- just, I mean, just goes by. And whenever you're doing something else, it just creeps on by. When I, when I was a child, Christmas seemed, seemed to be forever. And now every time I turn around, I think, Christmas is back. Good night. How did it happen? Where did the year go? Yeah, I can't wait to be with the Lord one of these days. And man, just don't know, just spend 10,000 years serving God for a little while over here. Wow, we got plenty of time. No hurry. Eternity standard time. I'm ready for that. You got to have a heavenly affection and you got to have your mind fixed on the judgment seat of Christ. Well, you know what that'll do? That'll help you live right. Help you live right. I'm getting in the shade. I like having a movable pulpit. Still would pulpit, move the pulpit. So some people are turning from right division. Woo, Lord, have mercy. time goes by. All right, now look, also people were being severely deceived. Look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. People were being severely deceived. He said, Timothy, don't let that keep you from getting stirred up. Don't let that keep you from getting a uh, 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 spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Uh, the Bible said in verse 26, and they and that they may recover themselves. That's an interesting phrase, recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. That's a supernatural thing because let me tell you something, if any of y'all ever set a snare for an for a, for a, uh, animal, the more that animal tries to get out and go this way right here, the snare gets tighter. Right. So guess what you have to do? You have to back back up. You know what you have to do? You have to repent. You have to turn around. You know what he said? He said over here, who are taken captive by him at what? His will. You ever thought about being in the will of the devil? So instead of being God's will, you ever said, man, I tell you what, just in the perfect will of the devil. Now how in the world do you get in the perfect will of the devil? By getting ca- How would you get captive by the devil? Now look at verse number 25 and we'll see about this thing. We'll see about it. It said, In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. It ain't God's fault. If God preventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Amen. You know, you know what was going on? You're going to see people being severely deceived. Why? They weren't striving about the right things. Look at, look at, uh, look at chapter 2, verse number 14. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, 
but to the subverting of the hearers. Now, if you turn to the next book sometime and read Titus chapter number 3, you'll see that uh, avoiding uh, genealogies and all those things and foolish questions and stuff like that, that's what that subverting has to do. Sub, that's underneath. The submarine's underneath. Verting, go the other way. So some, some, some kind of uh, thing will get in your life and you get to striving about that, it's something to get underneath you. Underneath you and cause you to go the other way. Sub underneath virtue. Veer you off. You know why people are getting off on the wrong course? They're striving about the wrong things. Uh, look, I'm not going to fight about questionable things. I, I, I'm realizing more and more I'm not a doctor. You got all these folks and I'm not going to get into... You, you're getting to now. Preaching's getting to the, fo uh, to the place where if you don't say something about COVID or the coronavirus, they don't even want to listen to you. There's a whole lot more things in the world than that. Amen. Look, long before this ever took place, I was in the post office and I saw a guy... I hadn't seen him in years, and we played football together, and I watched him sneeze on his hand. I just, ah, chew, like it right there. And he saw me, he said, oh, Chase, what's going on, buddy? I said, oh, man. I said, hold on just a minute. I said, oh, I'm not shaking your hand. What, why? He's like, doing like this, right? I said, no, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> Look, we knew to be safe a long time ago. Amen. But y'all, these folks jumping on this one and jumping on that thing and jumping on the other thing, you better be careful about striving about stuff you don't know about. Why? We're not doctors. Right. We don't know that stuff. You know what this is going to do? It's going to cause you getting a fight that God never put you in. You know what Paul said about fighting? Fight the good fight of faith. 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 That's why I know when I get to fighting about something else, I'm in the wrong fight if it's not the good fight of faith. I'm not called to fight other things. You get over here and I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to cause a lot of damage. Why? You're, getting, you're going to be deceiving people. I'm telling you it's going on while I'm trying to warn you. He warned the same thing. Look, that which hath been shall be again. The same things that were going on then is going on now. It's just increased. Why? With all this, this world is smaller. Why? People can get on all these. Look, look, it's so many. I can't even keep up with all the new social media stuff today. But they can get on there and spend hours on that stuff and hours and hours and hours looking at this and looking at that and looking at the other thing. Now you wonder why there's not so much subversion now? And so much striving, why? People say, I watched the hour worth of this right here. And I watched the hour worth, I'm a, I'm a doctor now, I'm a professional now. I'm not striving with you about this stuff. Why? Because it's a fight, it's wasting my breath when I need to be teaching the Bible and preparing you for eternity. Amen. I'm telling you, y'all, we got better keep our heart right. Why? If the devil, the devil don't care about what he gets your mind on as long as it's not the Bible. You get your mind on something else and you'll be striving and wasting your energy. Now, you know what else it says here? Uh, in, in chapter 2, verse 15, also they were being deceived uh, because they weren't rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, how do I know that? Uh, look at these idiots here. In verse number 17, uh, verse 16 says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase. I believe that, amen. Unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is, he's naming two more, Hymenaeus and, and uh, Philetus, who concerning the truth, watch this, have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. Watch this thing about faith again. Truth and faith are connected. And overthrow the faith of some. Now guess what's happening? 
Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 116 verse 11, all men are liars. So you know what's going on, y'all? If you don't set your affection on heavenly things and on the faith of the Word of God, there's too many lies out there to divide while all men are liars. They're, all they're doing is catering to the highest bidder. These news media's people, I watched the old news on so on the news on so what, what about What about the fact that those people, the Bible said all of them are liars and they all have an agenda. So guess what? I want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ whose only agenda is to get uh, men saved and see people grow close to the Lord and be blessed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we want to see. I want to see y'all be blessed and have a good, a sound mind. Now I'll tell you something You think about these two right here They're saying the resurrection is past already This is uh, interesting I don't know for sure what verse they were using But uh, you know what The resurrection has to do with rising Okay Well they, he probably just took And they said well Paul says over in Ephesians uh, Chapter 2 verse number 6 We're risen uh, with Christ To sit in heavenly places Wrong thing As far as my standing with the Lord I'm as good as up there But my body hadn't made it yet so you know what they do? They start spiritualizing stuff. You know what's wrong with a lot of these people? They spiritualize, they don't have any spiritual eyes. You, you better watch all that. Well, this is spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. The doctrinal application comes first. Make sure you want, because they were using verses of Scripture. They were using, the Bible, the Bible never said that they denied the truth. It said they have erred concerning the truth. Now you get some of these people, and I know he's probably, I hope y'all don't listen to him, but he's getting super popular. You get these guys like Dave Hodges and Terry Cook, not the good Terry Cook, but the bad Terry Cook. You get a lot of these guys, and they're teaching, all right, in December we're about to go through the tribulation, or so one of them teaches this other thing, but they, they've got everybody buying all this food and, and getting all, one guy listened to him, he said, uh, Hey, tell old uh, uh, Mr. Quail, I was listening to him, he said, uh, he said, tell him I've got my, my food from 20 years ago. I've got a few more years in to be up. I thought, this man for <laughs> at least 20 years has been thinking this stuff's going to happen. He ain't been doing nothing for the Lord. Look, you'll do more for the Lord when you believe right doctrine. You know what? I could, I could go by death or rapture, but I'm going to meet the Lord one of these days while I'm saved. Y'all, that I think gets me excited. I'm excited this morning reading these things. Why? It'll give you a sound mind and keep you stirred up. You know what scares me as a preacher is getting to the place where I just get up here and open your Bibles up and you just got that old defeated part about you and if you will, uh, I guess turn over there to Ephesians. And, you know, we're going to go over a little Bible lesson today. Y'all, before long, you know what happens? I'm just messing around, and you see how that carries over into the congregation? That, look, if you're not stirred up, it's going to rub off on your family. And, and, and then when your family goes over, it's going to rub off on somebody else. And then you're going to tell somebody about the Lord and say, Good to be saved. I'm just glad I'm going to heaven one of these days. Going to good. No, they're going to scare them to death. They're going to think, what is wrong with that person? You know what's going on? Y'all, people are getting to a place where they're not stirred up anymore. We've got something to literally be stirred up about. I'm just telling you, he's warning, he's warning Timothy and saying people were severely deceived because they weren't striving about right thing and people weren't rightly divided. Just keep going, Timothy. It's going to happen. They're going to increase under more ungodliness, Timothy. Just keep staying stirred up. I like that. Now, guess what? People weren't applying doctrine. 
That clock is wrong. I'm throwing it into hell. Uh, <laughs> chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse number 10. He talks about all these things of the last days. Last days, perilous times may last a little while, times. Now look at uh, verse number 10. But thou hast fully known, watch this, my doctrine. Manner of life, two. Purpose, three. Faith, four. Long-suffering, five. Charity, six. Patience, seven. Persecutions, eight. Afflictions, nine. Nine fruitful things. He said, you've learned about me. People weren't applying their doctrine. He warned of an increase in non-examples. Nine things, no fruitfulness. You know what the Bible said? The fruit of the Spirit, not of the fruit of the flesh, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Nine things. He said nine things right here has to do with my doctrine. It's fruitful. You know what a fruitful doctrine will do? A fruitful doctrine, when you're believing right, it's not salvation, it's a service, will cause you change. Now I want to show you, uh, look at verse number 19, 2 Timothy. Uh, let's see, I'm, <clears throat> maybe it's chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 2, verse number 19, let me show you this. We'll go over some of the stuff about sound doctrine. A lot of people, look, you can, you can know all the truths. I know people, y'all, they know way more Bible than I do. Way more. But if you don't apply what you know, it don't do you any good. Amen. If I'm sitting up here preaching to you and you don't apply what we preach, what good is it? Yes, I'm telling you why. Because watch this. Here's, here's, uh, here's these two guys preaching false doctrine, Hymenaeus and Philetus. He said, concerning the truth, he said, man, they're teaching the wrong thing. But watch this in verse number 19. Nevertheless... The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The seal has two sides to it. The Lord knoweth them that are his. You know, what he, you know what he's saying right there? He's saying, look, I don't know if them men are lost or saved. They may be saved, teaching false doctrine. Look, there's a lot of saved people teach false doctrine. Amen. A lot of people, a lot of people saved, teach false doctrine. They don't even realize it. Why? They don't know any better. Nobody's shown them. Nobody's guided them. Right. He said, hey, but the Lord knows them that are his. But he said, since... The Lord knows who's He is. Watch what He says about the ones that's supposed to be believing right. He says, and let, you got to consciously do that just like you set your affection. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, I'm a Christian, depart from iniquity. You know what He's saying? My manner of life. And He said, I tell other people to depart from iniquity. If you say you're a Christian, you ought to be wanting to depart from iniquity. What gets me is you go, you go witnessing the people and everybody's a Christian. Even the Pope's a Christian. That's why that, that's why that name doesn't mean much to me anymore. Why? You go talk to these people and say, uh, hey, just want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. I know the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to church right down the road. Don't worry about it. Boom. Well, what in the world? Got a, got a pillar on their swing out there that says, uh, the Lord is good and merciful to all. I'm thinking, that's the, one that's, the, that's the one that's acting the craziest. It's amazing to me. What I'm telling you, if you name the name of Christ, where you go church at? Oh, we got Blood Springs down there. Hey, hey, get out of my parking spot. <laughs> what in the world? Well, okay, hold on just a minute. I'm making sure I'm not going to Blood Springs. <laughs> you see what I mean? You name the name of Christ, depart from iniquity. He said, this is my manner of life, my doctrine, my manner of life. What is I try to apply what I'm learning. You want to see some sound doctrine? Look at uh, Titus, just a page over in your Bible. 
Book of Titus, chapter number 2. That's what you know you're doing all right. You're working up a sweat. Now watch this. I want to show you this. I hope this will be a help to you. I'm not trying to stomp on you. I'm just telling you, in the last days, Paul warned Timothy, Timothy of some things here, and these are things we need to apply to our life. Why? Because look, now, people don't even want you to speak to them unless you're six feet away. They better be seeing it in your life. I'm just telling you. Y'all, we, we have got to be living for the Lord. Why? People need to see a Christian. Now, you get over here. Hey, people talk about sound doctrine, okay? Uh, Titus chapter 2, but speak, so it's good to talk about it. Thou the things which become sound doctrine. Guess what he starts doing? He starts talking about the age of men being sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, all these things, the age of women likewise. And he said, uh, you know, talking about the children and talks about all these things, about being sober-minded. Now watch verse 7. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. A pattern of it. A pattern of good works. Now if somebody know you, knows you, what do they associate you with? We know, okay, well, I just recently got saved. All they know is, look, they bring up your past. Don't worry about that. I'm not that person anymore. But we should have a pattern of good works. Why? Because the gospel has saved my soul, and I'm walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to be in agreement with it. Watch this. A pattern of good works. Watch this. In doctrine. Good works is associated with sound doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity. Gravity, what well, that keeps you grounded. Why, why is somebody just floating off in the wind? The wind just blow very hard and just blow them right off and fall stuff. They don't have any gravity. Right. You know what I tell you? Keep you grounded. I'm just telling you, y'all, there's so many people that they're not grounded. Uh, it scares me. Yeah. I'm not worried. I'm concerned. Why? Because people just, if they're not grounded... If you're not applying what you know, well, that really don't work. That doctrine starts to work in your life and you see the peace of knowing I believe in the rapture. I know I'm not going through the great tribulation. I believe that I'm saved. I know I'm saved. That keeps you grounded. When somebody comes in there and says, well, you know, you did so-and-so last week. You know, are you really saved? You know, they give you that. No, I know I'm really saved. I messed up one time. That's all it was. I'm still just as saved. Guess what? A pattern. I'm going to get right back in that pattern. Amen. I'll tell you something, man. Look at this in uh, verse number uh, 12. It says, it's talking about the grace of God in verse 11. It says, teaching us, grace teaches us what? That denying ungodliness and worldly. See, your affections, it said, look, you'll deny it. Worldly lust, we should. That don't mean you always would, but you should. You say, well, Brother Chase, you don't, but you should. Why? It keeps you grounded. It keeps you, you talking about joy, say, well, I lost my joy. A lot of times it's our fault we lost our joy. Well, we just get out here and get, before long you just look, well, I hate that so bad I've done so. And before long you don't get right with the Lord. Before long a week or two goes by and yet here's your walk with the Lord and God gives you joy. And if you're not walking with the Lord, you'll lose your joy. Lose your strength and before long you're not even strong enough to get out of the bed anymore. He says this, Denying ungodliness and worldliness, we should live godly, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. Watch this, in this present world. Now, how do you do that? 
Demas, we're going we're gonna to read about Demas here in a minute. He, guess what he did? He, how do I know? What, you say, why did Demas do that? According to this verse, Demas stopped letting grace teach him these things. How did he do that? He did that by a process of time. This right here by process of time... Over time, before long, man, you started off and man, you was telling people about the Lord and man, you was going out here and you were just on fire for the Lord, so to speak, before long. What about the Lord? Well, you want to pray? Nah. You want to pray before the meal? Uh, well, I'll say one in my head right quick. Oh, uh, hey, you want to come in here and read the Bible with me? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my own here in just a little while. Never gets to it. Hey, what, what about the Lord? Hey, did you ever read that verse over so-and-so? I'll go check it out later. I'll go over here and I'm going to look at the TV a little while and then I'm going to get back in there and you never do it. And before long, Demas, you're out. Before long, you don't go to church. We don't need church. You know what's going on? You stop doing this in verse 13. It's it's interesting. It's in verse 13, rebellion. It's rebellion not to do what? Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know what happens? You, you, start, you start going off into that stuff and going off into that stuff and you know what you'll do? You won't be applying doctrine anymore and before long, you're just a non-example. That's a sad way to be. You know what he said too? He warned over there in 2 Timothy of no exceptions. He warned that there's going to be non-examples. He warned of no exceptions. Look at verse number 12. Yea, and all that will, that is you, willingly live for the Lord, live godly in Christ Jesus, shall suffer persecution. Now you think about this. Would you rather have persecution or be possessed by the devil? People say, can a Christian be devil possessed? Of course you can. Your soul saved, but your body, he can take your arms and use them. He can take your eyes and use them. He can take your feet and and carry you off places. Look, I would rather have the persecution and still be in fellowship with the Lord. Amen. Then it's glorious. Why? He goes through it with you. Amen. Simon Peter's out here. There's a picture of it, I believe. He's out here on the water in a stormy sea. And he, as soon the Bible said, and beginning, beginning to sink. It didn't say he sank down halfway up. It said as soon as he recognized he was sinking, he said, Lord, Lord, Help me. Guess what? The Lord didn't say, no, I'm going to let you sink down a little lower. As soon as he said it, you know what you can do? As soon as you start sinking, as soon as you realize you're not applying your doctor, you can say, Lord, help me, Lord. You know what they do? Reach right down there. And his arm's not short and he can't save. The Lord can reach down and get any one of you anywhere. Man, that stirs me up thinking about that. Why? I need the Lord. I need him. I need him. Now, here's the last thing. People also were departing. People were departing. Um, you're going to find out that some are going to rebel. Verse number 10, for Demas, this is a hard statement right here. Demas hath forsaken me. didn't say he forsook the Lord. He forsook Paul. Stopped following Paul. He stopped going around with Paul. Uh, Paul, every time you go somewhere, you get in trouble, man. People don't like you. Paul, you want to tell everybody about the Lord. Everywhere you go, you even if you get up in front of the, the Sanhedrin, all you want to do is talk about the Lord, Paul. And guess what? He said, I want to live like that. I want to have just a little bit of the world and a little bit of the Lord. A little bit of, little bit of the Lord over here 
when I'm with these folks, I love the Lord. When I'm over here like this right here, oh, I'll listen to that junk. I'll watch that junk with them. And bounce right back over here. I talk about the Bible you. You know what he's saying? Half in, half out. That's right. Half in, Lord over here, Sunday, love you. Over here like this right here, I love y'all too. You know what's going on, Demas? He said, loving this present world. This world's got things all for you. There's a temporary peace the world offers you, but it's only temporary. It's only temporary. You're going to find out some people reveal, and it's good folks. You know what the Bible said about Demas? Paul wrote, he said in Colossians 4.14, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. He said over here in Philemon 24, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. There was a time when Demas was serving alongside Paul, and when you would have looked at Demas, you would have said, that man right there will be in it until the Lord comes back. And all of a sudden he says, Demas is gone, Demas is out. Don't you ever think, if people like Demas get out, don't you ever think you won't be out. Amen. You know what that is? If you say, no, 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 not me. That's pride. That's pride in your heart. Saying, oh, no, I'm telling you, Brother Chase could be out, and you, my friend, could be out too. Amen. Just like that. If you keep doing this teeter-tottering, you keep the Lord, the world. The Lord, just as saved, Demas, just as saved as he can be. But out. You know what's going on with people right now? You're going to see a lot of good for this. This thing keeps going on and the rapture don't happen. Here pretty soon, you're going to see more and more people get out and it's going to surprise you. You're going to say, you're going to look on, you're going to look on uh, a fake book and you're going to say, I can't believe. I can't believe so-and-so. He's not preaching anymore. They're not going anymore. They're not reading. Look at that post. You're going to say, Demas. You know what? And then that could be you. While you keep looking at it, you say, well, they're doing it, getting away with it. No, they're not. It's hurting in here. It's hurting in here. And guess what else, too? It hurts your Savior. We should be more concerned about how the Lord feels about it than what old so-and-so feels about it. Now, you get over here and some folks are going to rebel. But you know what I like about this in closing? Some folks repent. Repentance is a good thing. I, I, now, now, hold on before I read this verse. Hold your place in 2 Timothy 4 and turn in your little Bible over here to Acts 15. I like to end on good notes. I like happy endings. Now I want you to turn to Acts 15 and I want you to see something. Do you know today, you know, you know what the devil will do to you? You mess up this week or you maybe you got something going on in your life and if somebody, if somebody got on your computer... And look, what, what if your wife got on your phone right now? Would she, would she be welcome to look at everything on there? What, what if your mama got on your computer? Would she be welcome to look at everything on there? And looked at all and said, don't die, ain't nothing on here. I'm, I'm, I'm right with the Lord. Maybe you're not doing right. You know what you can do? You can do like old John Mark and you can repent. You, you know what I like about the Lord? He's a God of second chances, isn't he? God, God will help you. Oh, God will help you. I thank the Lord I've got a loving God who, who accepts people when they come to Him. Amen. Man, what a blessing. Now, look at uh, Acts 15, and I'll look at verse number 37, talking about John Mark. This is, this is when he started off. He had been with Paul and Barnabas for a little while. Verse 37, and Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. It's the same Mark we're about to read about. 
But Paul thought not good to take him with them. Paul said, it's not good. And he said, who departed from them from Pamphylia well, and went not with them to the work? You know what Mark said? Uh, I, I, look, I want to go back to my mama. I want to go back to the house. This is hard. It's tough. I don't like all this work. And Paul said, uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that guy. He's going to drag us down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you, the next thing you read, you hadn't read about John Mark in a long time, and you get over here, and, and Paul's talking about all the people that's going away, and Hymenaeus, and Phagellus, and Hymenaeus, and Philetus, and all these people are teaching false doctrine, all these people going away from the Lord, and all of a sudden he said, and man, I love it, it's just like, it's just like a cloudy day, and the sunlight beaming down through the clouds, he says, only Luke is with me, take Mark. He said, and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. He went from being a pest to being profitable. Amen. Man, ain't that a blessing? Now, you know what people forget? People forget the protection you have. I thank God I'm saved. I got a protective, a protective quality on the inside of me. Now, this lady said she got up, and she said she went in the kitchen, and she heard a thumping around against the window. And she keeps her windows clean. And she heard a thumping around, and there was a butterfly in that window just thumping around around that window. Just couldn't hardly get her that get away. And it was hitting that window and going away. And he hit that window and go away. But there was a sparrow on the other side of that window trying to get to that butterfly. And it was pecking that window and pecking that window. And the butterfly was just looked like it was just scared to death. But you know what? No matter how scared that butterfly was of that sparrow because of that protective glass. It was just as if that sparrow were a thousand miles away. The butterfly could not see the glass and the sparrow could not see the glass protecting the butterfly. But the glass, unseen, was still there. Amen. Still there. You know what you have in the Lord? I've got a protective quality unseen about me in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even when I'm an enemy against my own self and the war of the flesh and the devil is up against me, guess what? i got a protective quality. Amen. you got a protective quality in you in the Lord. I thank God when I would have damaged my own self. That protective quality. Here's the devil trying to get through, trying to get through. That, there's a butterfly right there. I'll tell you something. Man, there's a protective quality about the Lord. I thank God for it. Why? I need that protective quality. My soul is saved. Amen. Now here today, you got something to rejoice about. You got something to be stirred up for. You got something to have the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. And I think, you ought to, I think you ought to thank God for it. I think you ought to rejoice in it. I think we ought to be the happiest folks around and the hardest working people around. Why? Because we're saved. And I believe it ought to stir us up. Go home, go home in a joy in your heart knowing you've got that protective quality on the inside of you. I'm already prepared. I'm prepared for the worst already. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do love you. Uh, Lord, I just pray that 